you know, I was, it was just a, it was a 440 with a 294 ring gear in it. So I we went to the junkyard uh, the next week and I found a, it's a 323 out of a pickup at a junkyard. And I went back the next weekend and it picked up like, you know, a few hundred. And I go, man, that's, that's all it takes. And then, then I was hooked. It's time for Class Racing Today, the podcast for the NHRA Class Racing fan. Welcome back to Class Racing Today, classracingtoday.com, classracingtoday at gmail.com. If you have any questions or comments, you can email them there. Uh, Remember, you can help support the show with your donations and your uh, promotion of the show. Uh, If you, one of the because we are the value for value model, meaning that if you get value out of the show, you decide what that value is, turn it into either dollars or marketing on your end or content, uh, share it out to your people, your groups to get more people to listen, uh, classracingtoday.com. There's a donate button. If you want to send monetary uh, donations our way, that would be great. So we can continue these chats, Brian. Um, it's been a week. How are you? We're 18 people away from hitting our 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. Well, geez, let's do it. Come on. We can do it from this episode. So subscribe YouTube. Never Damn. mind. We're now one more because for some reason on my iPad, I wasn't subscribed. Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> that probably doesn't even count then. Uh, Way to go. That's funny. So yeah, if you know somebody that kind of likes racing, say, hey, like this YouTube page. That would be awesome. Yes. <clears throat> Or create a no. I won't. I won't tell you to be. Holy cow! What happened? I lost myself. Yeah. I guess I won't tell you to be. Um, create, create fake YouTube yeah, accounts. Yeah. Yeah. N- none of that. Don't. Yeah. I'm not telling you to do that. You should not. Do that. Ever. Spread the word. Everybody just share the link to Class Racing today on YouTube, and then we'll we'll convert more of these pipe rack guys. And absolutely. Uh, we we did get uh, Bob Hicks did make a comment on uh, YouTube a few days ago about asking about t-shirts if you have if you could email us classracingtoday at gmail.com that is the best way to get in touch with us for that so if you would do that that would be wonderful and if we owe you a t-shirt and you haven't got it and shoot us a note yeah yeah we've got them that's right so busy weekend boy there's a lot of racing everywhere and now there was talk because we we're past the honorable race that you uh were threatening to try to go to with your car that was technically, supposedly, uh, we're told, being built. Um, <laughs> that didn't happen. So where are we at? It's getting closer. I've been busy with life over the last two weeks, so I haven't really focused on that quite as much as I should. I think I was... I need different valve covers, so I'm waiting for valve covers right now, which not a big deal. The basics are done. I, uh, I think I'll make Brainerd. I think it's going to happen. All right. I want to go to Brainerd and win class. Then I can just be like, all right, this is pretty cool. Check. One more off the list. Nothing wrong with that. That's a good goal, isn't it? Sure. We got a cool guest today, um, fresh off the hot driving streak, Justin Jerome. Justin, how are you? How's it going? Excellent. Brian, you're just waiting on valve covers? Well, (laughs) I got two sets, but I don't like them. And is that, is that an LS in there? Is that a what yeah, combo is that? Yeah, LS one. Oh, only you could find Valkyrie that motor. Well, you know, Amazon, uh, most gas stations, <laughs> they're rare out here. 
the uh the weird thing is so like the current i've got two versions one's better than the other but they won't clear my tnd rockers and yeah. then i got a set of holly ones and you know how the coils all bolt on and everything looks nice and easy and you get little tiny short spark plug wires and that's things i like about it the downside is there's not really so you know you just have your center bolts like a that basically go in to hold the valve cover on and there's not really a good centering mechanism so then they kind of slide around oh really so you kind of like have to like push them up and try to tighten them and the stock ones are pretty nice but i guess those won't fit clear tnds yeah they're just a little low so i just told lance i'm like you just find me something that's gonna work and that's not gonna leak oil because you know i want to make this thing nice you know having it fast leaking oil all over smoking i've been down that road i want to have like I want to have it right when I do it. That's the the rest of that motor. The best part about it doesn't leak oil. Yeah. You access are that and yeah, the nice. only thing that leaks is the valve cover, which you think would be like <laughs> not that big a deal, but it's it's an easy fix. He uh, he went to the track. He was checking out. I know he said, "Well, uh, Jason DeForest runs LS One, and he's got a really good set on his." So I'm like, "All right, I want whatever Jason runs." You know. Is it guaranteed to help my reaction times and help me win races like Jason? That'd be all right, but we got to try. Yeah, expensive valve covers. Yeah. Well, it, it don't matter. Like the leaking and just, you know, you're taking them off all the time. Like I just, I don't really care what they cost. I just want to have it more user-friendly and not be issues later. I mean, as dumb as that sounds. That's sounds makes sense to me. Well, you look at what we spend money on to make these cars go fast and the time you spend like, you pull your valve cover every run if you wanted to. I mean, look at the Hemi guys. Like, they're not going to deal with something that don't seal up. Like, you got to have quality parts. Yeah, they don't even have the top bolts in their valve covers. <laughs> 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 so it's an easy fix. Um, I think we're in a we're in pretty good shape once I get through that little part. So all in all, I'll call it a win. Cool. I was uh. There's even a race coming up. There's just a local like bracket deal the weekend before Brainerd. So I might even actually get to like run down the track and do a little sorting out before you roll into the national event. That'd be all right. I'd love to go to Brainerd. Never been, but it'd be fun to go. It's uh, it's a really neat place. Like I've we've went there for just our MCR races and you know the divisionals and that stuff. But last year going for the national event for the first time, I'm like, this is really cool. I like it. So willing to try again. Cool. But yeah, we had a busy weekend. Um I gotta back up. I'm gonna catch up on the MCR races quick. So Brainerd two weeks ago, Saturday got rained out. They split it up between the they got the I think they made it down to fifteen cars and they split the pot. So I was pretty did that. Sunday, um we got Doug Engels over Chris Knudsen at Brainerd two weeks ago. So congratulations, Doug. Um this weekend they were in Ottawa. So they ended up racing eighth mile. They had an issue with something on the track. I think it was they're they're doing a lot of work, but they didn't quite have the guardrails done or the return road coming back, so it just wasn't safe. So they decided to run that at eighth mile. Um, next year they're like it will be quarter mile. Um, Travis Negerbauer beat was over Tony Henderson on Saturday, so congratulations, Travis. And then Sunday, Travis Negerbauer made the final again. Um, Sam Ruland who. Drives one of my Nemesis cars that I'd like to be able to beat someday. He runs a, what is it? I think it's like a 13 Challenger. You know, that really soft Mopar combination that everybody's running now. Those things are bad fast. It's a 
it's not a factory stock car it's a no it's the automatic. yeah those things yeah. are pretty, pretty uh, <laughs> they're factored pretty light but that'll fix itself hopefully eventually everybody's so good at protecting it now it's yeah. hard to it takes a while for it to equal out yeah it'll come compared to your car you, you've got a lot of guys running your car yeah that thing's been uh that thing's been beat down pretty good i'm just i'm kind of worried now like what if it actually is fast enough i have to can be concerned with that like i've never had that problem my heads up yeah, tune was literally my bracket tune your combo though there's enough guys running that aren't that fast yeah i guess that'll be good like oh i've been that guy long enough now maybe i can be the guy that is on the other side yeah. so let me go yeah, I, think, yeah, I think your factor is pretty fair right now i think in my opinion oh, i'd say it's a little heavy but come on Oh uh, no, us Mopar guys, we have all the ours are all heavy. <laughs> so we had Brainerd, uh not Brainerd, Denver. So in Denver, uh in stock we had Jason Storley versus John Brimer, Brimer one. Um and super stock, Tyler Wodarzik over E. Jenkins. I think it was Brad Jenkins. I'm not sure if somebody knows that they can correct me, but I was jotting down notes. But John Brimer, it was his fifth national event, so congratulations. Um, where else did we race? National Trail got rained out. We had the Class Racer Nationals this weekend. So that was awesome. Thanks, Ken, for putting that on. Looks like they had a really good turnout. A lot of prizes, you know, best winning package, or best losing package, all that stuff. I mean, he did a really good job at, at doing that. I think next year that's going to be on my list of races to go to. He did a really good job. Um, we had Allison Dahl over Bubba Linky on Saturday. So that was, that was a cool race. Um, Sunday we had Dean... Mavery over Eric Campolito, which we've had Eric on the show. He's a good kid, too. So congrats on a good turnout there, and congratulations to the winners. Then I'm sure I'm missing a race, but was there, what else was going on? National Trail? Was that this? The Jagged Sports Nationals got rained out. Um, I think he got them other yeah, than our race, but. Sonoma, let's talk about that. How about Jody Lang? National event number 31 Joey's a scary guy to race man he's just an animal you wish you wish you could dial your car for you <laughs> yeah. I'll bet you could probably just go buy one of those cars and throw the parts and be like Jody what's this gonna run and I think he just knows it must be like do you think he has a magic eight ball it's consistent is that there's only four answers that that thing's gonna run sometimes you when you race and you think you put your number on your window you look at his face kind of like is he laughing at me <laughs> Jody, do you just want to dial my car? Like, yeah, can you go ahead and put a number on my window for me, Jody? That'd be, that'd be great. Yeah. He's like the Babe Ruth, like just points to the outfield, you know, like, oh, I'm going to run. I'm going <laughs> to be 17, go dead on one. Nothing you can do about it. But Cool guy. I think that's how the race in the final went. Well, it, was, it was close like that. Yeah. It was him and Kyle. It was close. I think yeah. the margin was like, like a one-pound margin or something. Yeah, he's... uh. He's a beast. I uh, I would like to follow him around for a event and take notes and see if any of that would possibly sick in my head, which probably wouldn't because I'm kind of dense like that. But that's all right. He was he was pitted right next to us in the snow. Our whole pit. I was pitted next to Brian Phillips. He ran it up to me, and Jody was pitted next to Brian also. So that's our whole. Cool. That's pretty cool. A lot of buzz in the atmosphere then. Yeah. Well, then we got uh, your race. I mean, 
holy cow, you know, Greg Luniak, that dude was on fire. He was. He was chopping three down big time. I mean, he was, what, 17, 15, 5, 008, 007. Like, Bond? Yeah. And then you took him out. Why don't you walk us through that? Well, it wasn't. He went red to me, thankfully. <laughs> I had a decent fight that race, but. You know, I second guessed it. You, know, you, take, you, you take off, and you, I saw my rail light on first. And I go, is my, is my rail light on? Shoot. And I go, I better double check that because I was going to run it out as a time trial, you know, for the final. So I look at my scoreboard, and yeah, the light's on. I was like, better check it one more time, make sure that we're doing anything stupid. I was shocked. Lucky, lucky round. You know, you still, like, well, like we were talking about before this, you still have to be able to, I mean, luck presents itself, but you still have to be able to capitalize on it. Like, there's there's enough guys handed a lot of luck that still don't quite follow up with it the best. So, congratulations on we that. A, we had a big tail in that round, too. I mean, the, the wind was picking up a lot the last couple of rounds of that race. I think I was dialed a, a 99, went a 96 on 99. Yeah, I ran it out to sea, but. What was the turnout out there? I think it was 36 cars. Pretty light. They took the points race away, so it's a, it's kind of a hard track to get to without the points race. So you know, it's toll, big toll bridges and stuff, and it's it's not the easiest drive for most people. This is a pretty nice facility, though. Yeah, oh yeah, this facility is awesome. They're doing a lot of work on it. They have a nice little. They just just built it. It's like a little uh, reception hall type thing right behind the track. It's it's super nice. I mean, the weather's awesome. You can't ask for a better place to race. What's the air like at that track? I mean, the, the barometer usually hangs around high 29, 2980s. The altitude is like 100 feet. The, the worst altitude, the, the, the worst it gets is like 1500 feet in the afternoon. So that's almost like running on the East Coast then. Jeez. <laughs> Just need more barometer. Yeah, right. I mean, it, it's drier. I mean, it's super dry out there. You wouldn't think so when I'm out in the water, but... Humidity is pretty low. It's a, it's great for horsepower. Someday I'll have to go on the road and see what that's like because we're always uh like ninety nine water grains, not much barometer, you know, fifty two hundred, twenty five hundred, twenty five hundred. It's good air for us. I think the grains were right around sixty. Yeah. Yeah, East Coast guys, you're just it's like cheating. It's not hard to be fast over there. Yes, you know, it's, it's it's weird. You know, the, the a lot of the a mistake we make going back east and the east coast guys make going out west is we always tend to bump up timing when the weather gets bad and run lean but with you guys back there you don't want to run lean because you got so much barometer and the mistake you guys make coming out here is that you run way too fat because they can't burn the fuel yep. you have enough barometer to burn the fuel so you always see the east coast guys that are fast back east right here and they're smoking going on the track because they're they're so rich. And we make the opposite mistake going back there. So Indy actually becomes like the East versus West, then everybody can battle it out. Yeah. Indy is a weird one, too, especially for even for us because the, the water grains are high there, too. Yeah, but we, all, all the West Coast guys think that you want to you know, lean up your car because it's hot. It feels hot. But in reality, you just crank your timing and add fuel to it. And that's how, that's how you run Indy. Yeah, that's, uh, I don't know, fuel injection, you know, it's kind of still the same. I mean, you're 
I'm not really an open loop guy. I'm like, I like closed loop. I don't want to take that in. I just want my try to run as consistent as possible. And but, you know, that's a it's a whole nother game as you start traveling the tuning. And you know, it's there's something to be said for running the combination and getting multiple runs and data across the nation. Like the guys that are, you know, you look at cottons that drive all over the race, every track, like just the data they have of figuring that out that really shines, you know, when you get those swings like that. Yeah, those guys are fast. I mean, Mike, Mike and Paul are fast everywhere. And they definitely, yeah. And they're just sure. cool people. Like, that's yep. definitely helpful. So tell us a little bit, like, how did you get started in racing? Uh, other than just, the, obviously, always interested in hot riding and going to the track and stuff in high school. But my dad, my dad uh, built that car in 2006, the Duster. And he raced it up until 2013. And then he bought that Max Wedge car that he drives now from Greg Liniak. So and, was that built originally? That's what you're running on, what, a 340 low compression? Yeah, 340 low compression. Uh, that car is originally, when my dad first built it, he built it with a 360. Pretty quick after the, he built the 360, he launched the 360. And then uh, got a 340 bottom end from, uh, John Irving, and it's been a 340 car ever since. I ran a 360 a couple years ago. I still have a 360 as a spare. Nice 340 combinations better. Uh, the 360 is pretty good right now. I think I think the 340 is. If I was going to quantify it, it's probably 500 better. Can you run a bigger carburetor on the 340? The 360. Is a 360. One. That's what like an eight 850 thermal. Yeah, yeah, she was probably more than that. It's a big carburetor. <laughs> it, it, it's called 850. That's what they call it, but. I mean, it's a, it's a big carburetor. The Ford guys are all crying right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's the 360 carburetor. That's a great carburetor, man. And then what do you run for transmission? It's a 904 auto torque flight. You, it's a pro trans. Oh, it is pro trans kit. Yeah. Yeah, they're, it's kind of amazing. Like, so my first introduction to drag racing was in my 68 Charger like a Memorial Day weekend bracket deal. And then uh, my brother has a 72 duster that he'd raced quite a bit and kind of had figured out, and it had 727 in there. And talking to John McLaughlin, he's like, oh, you should do a 904. And I actually had uh, Chuck Lofgren build me a 904 for it, and it was crazy. I mean, it picked up like a tenth and a half, two tenths. Like, it was crazy how much, uh, you know, you just lose the reciprocating weight, how much better that actually worked. Yeah, I think the 904 is one of the best. And I think the 727 is one of the worst. Well, as far a, as there's a reason Rob, if you call it a pro trans, how you can run it in anything, you know, there's a reason everybody wants to run those. They're pretty trick. But so as far as like your first time, like what was your first introduction to drag racing? Well, I had a, the first time I ever drag raced was a uh, LA County raceway at Palmdale, which is no longer there, unfortunately. And it was in a 66 Dodge pickup. With the 440. I had a 66 Dodge pickup with a two-wheel driver with a 440 in high school. And we were actually going up there to race. My brother had a 68 Dart. And we were going up there to race the Dart. And we were in line. And they asked me if I wanted to race the pickup. And I said, yeah, sure, why not? So was that, the, was that the old school power wagon? It wasn't. It looked like it, but it wasn't a power wagon. It was the same body. It was the, you know, the big headlight, big headlight ring. Yep. It was a great truck. Do you remember much about that yeah, experience? Remember the first time you went down? Yep. Yeah. I think it, it was super. I mean, obviously, seeing the numbers is, is super fun. 
And then I remember I, you know, I was, it was just a, it was a 440 with a 294 ring gear in it. So I remember we went to the junkyard uh, the next week and I found a, it's a 323 out of a pickup at a junkyard. And I went back the next weekend and it picked up like, you know, a few hundred. And I go, man, that's, that's all it takes. And then, then I was hooked after that. Would that have been like an eight and three quarter rear end in that? Yeah. Same rear end in the Dusty. Those are so easy to swap gears. Like, same as nine inch. Oh. It has to be simple. That was the thing I noticed about my Charger now. I had way too much horsepower on that thing, so it was really hard on the eight and three quarter rear end. But man, it was easy to swap gears, you know, go to the track, throw the four, you know, paint, swap them out. 323s. Oh, we're going down the road. Easy switch. I had a, I had a graduation with a guy with a Mustang. I had that pickup still in high school. And we had a, a buddy with a Mustang. And we, he, you know, we always gave each other a hard time. And we had a graduation at an eighth mile drag strip, local eighth mile drag strip. And I went, my buddy had a 430 positive traction rate and recorded up in his uh, shed up in the desert. So the night before, he drove up there and got it. Came back, swapped it in that night, and I drove it to the track at like six o'clock in the morning, so I could go, you know, thirty miles an hour on side streets and, <laughs> and uh, blowing the Mustang's doors off. Of course, it's a Ford. <laughs> so then you yeah, were kind of hooked after that one trip, then. Yeah, and then my my dad, like I said, my dad got the Max Switch car from Greg, and I got to dri- drive in the Duster. Then it's it's a with a you know the stock limiter car, it's a real slippery slope get hooked really quick so how long have you been driving that car then uh since 2013 have you had to do who built that car originally uh phil mandela nice phil mandela did all the the chassis work on it they pretty much build every fast car in california and probably have yeah, pretty much the country pretty don't they? yeah but they're pretty busy i mean I, if they didn't build it they have a hand in almost all of them you know they're, they're doing you know a little you know fixes here and there and i mean they do everything over there they'll, you, they'll you know prep your car for you and pretty much anything you ask for for a car they'll do it yeah i need to i need to make it to the west coast i just i met those guys at the uh class race revival last year and they were just super accommodating and just really nice guys and feels like the feels the gold standard for customer service i mean if you he, he he treats his customers so well I and mean, I mean, he'll he'll be at every race helping you out if, if he can. Well, that's, I mean, it's, where, it's, that's why they're busy, right? Customer yeah. service. Yep. I should have talked to Phil before uh, the other Phil beat me at that class race revival. I got Tony, <laughs> and then Phil beat me, and I maybe I needed Phil's help before then. You had him back to back. Uh it was pretty close. Uh, I had Tony, and then. I think in the quarterfinals, they beat Tony. He'll still, he'll give me a hard time if he watches this because he still calls me six pack. I think I was, I was, I was a six pack down and he red lit. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, and then I had Phil going into the, maybe I had Phil going into the quarters. That's what it was because I didn't make the semis okay. the second race. And I went like three red. Still a little bitter about it, but that's all right. I'll come out there and get payback. <laughs> I love you, Mandela's, but I want to come beat your butts out there too. <laughs> so yeah they're they're good guys that's awesome so have you had to do much changes or upgrades you run what caltrax probably on that yep caltrax uh it's pretty pretty standard setup it's nothing out of the ordinary pretty much everybody else runs what do you run for your shocks they're the, they're the caliper shocks okay yep 
Yeah, now I hope my brother's not listening because I'm like, you need to call Mans and get a set of shocks for your car. And he's like, well, I think these Calverts are just fine. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're good. I mean, if, if you're not, you know, I think that if you're, you know, yeah, if you're really pulling the wheels and you need something to, you need to be able to tighten them up. That's the problem is that, you know, you can't really tighten them up that much. But my car doesn't really do really crazy wheel stands. And if I, if I am doing something crazy, I can, I can adjust weight a little bit and fix that. Isn't there something else they do? What is there like? You do something with the sway bar or something in the front of those to make them work good too, don't you? No, uh, they, I don't think they're making them anymore. For a while, they're trying. They're making different uh, strut rods for them, but they, they're not making those anymore. They, they, they've experimented different stuff. But. Well, they're they're fun race cars. His is petty blue with a white vinyl top, and the the few times I did run it, I've either made it to the. I think I made it to the final. I never won in the thing, but made it to the quarterfinals, semifinals. Like it was just an awesome race car. It was really fun to drive. I, a little different than the Camaro now. Now that I've been driving my car, I don't know. Maybe I can't drive anything else. But it would be fun to hop back in there and just go bracket racing for the reunion tour. The, yeah, uh, Dusters make good race cars. I mean, they all they all weight transfer good. And they you know, they scale good. They're like Novas. Novas are good too. The funny thing Chris. is, any track in the country, there could literally be a Duster class. Like yeah. Go to any bracket weekend, and there's at least five of them there. I guarantee it. Especially in the West Coast, I mean, both my heads up and snow are both dusters. Exactly the same combo. Actually, I had two three forty dusters. So who'd you, who'd you have heads up? Uh, Pete Lanciers, first round. Ooh, friend of the show. Yep, and then uh, Mark Kirby, third round. Those are two pretty darn nice cars too. So how how Super close fast. was it? Yeah, yeah both great races, both fast cars. Yeah, that's pretty cool then. So you had two heads ups and so you had it wasn't all luck then. Yeah, the rest of them were all luck. I mean the Jimmy DeFrank race was Jimmy went double oh one red dead on zero. <laughs> so you gotta buy one of those Mega Millions I'll take, I'll lottery. You should probably have bought a Mega Millions ticket now. What I think that's over a million dollars. You know what? I was, that's exactly what I said. As soon as I got the time slip from the last round, I went, shoot man, I need to buy a lottery ticket. <laughs> you know, there's still, you know, you need to have some confidence and you obviously were we're in there in the fights. I mean, you know, you get those two heads up, so that had to help your confidence a lot going in. Yeah, I mean, I, thought, I felt pretty good all, all weekend, but it helped, you know, the luck help. So as far as the car, have you done much changes or upgrades, or is it just pretty much the same thing? Oh, gosh, I feel like we're always looking for upgrades. It's hard to quantify all the upgrades. And Has the paint been repainted, what, once probably when they redid it? Yeah, it's only been painted that one time in 2006. That's pretty awesome. It's a, it's, I mean, the paint, that's the original slant six color too, with a little more metallic in it. It says it was originally that kind of flat green they used to put on the Chrysler's back in the seventies. It was a slant six automatic car. My dad bought it from a little lady in, you know, in the neighborhood, not the neighborhood, but in local and drove it back to the shop, took it apart. Oh, that's awesome. It's, uh, what it's a, a great car. So what do you do? It, you live in, you're born and raised in California, right? Yes. What do you do in California? We do, uh, for work, we do wastewater transport, uh, tank, tanker trucks. Nice. Pump, clean up car wash waste and machine shop waste, that sort of thing. Any non-hazardous waste. So you married, have kids, anything like that yet? Uh, married, uh, no kids. You said I don't know if my wife, uh, Lindsay, is listening to this right now. but She's a, I, I was talking to you earlier about the horses. She's a horse trainer out in California. Nice. 
What's that? So you guys, where do you live at in California? We live in Huntington, Huntington Beach, Ooh. which is in Orange County. I didn't think there was any space there for horses and that kind of stuff. Isn't it like all like, like when I think of California, you have like the top little bit of California yeah. is like great jungle. Yeah. The uh, Lindsay trains out of Anaheim Hills, which is a, you know, a, a nicer community that's got some more space. There's a horse facility up there. And then if you go out a little ways out east, there's some there's some horse facilities. So she probably never goes with you to the drag race then. She, she was there for in the snow on Saturday. She had to leave on Sunday. She had a horse show down in Temecula, which is way down south from us. And uh, she had to be there for some clients. But she was there Saturday. Yeah, it's funny. My wife, uh, she'll come to the drag strip. She likes it. But, you know, if you're not super into cars and you don't quite, you know, you got to know something about stock luminary to get geek out as much. You know what stock luminary people are like. You know, we're all sitting around there. It's like a, almost like a little, I wouldn't say cult, community maybe. But <laughs> cult. <laughs> you know, if you don't know what people are talking about, it makes no sense. My wife's like, she's a... I'm lucky. I mean, Lindsay really gets it. I mean, she's, she's about ready for her own car, really. Sweet. Going to trade up the, <laughs> trade in the spurs for a helmet. Yeah. <laughs> That's the problem. Is we, we have really affordable hobbies. Yeah, well, it's actually funny. <laughs> well, I was talking... Hobby, Lindsay's her business, but, they, they, you know, it's... I was talking to my wife last night. We were having a little family meeting because they've been doing some horse stuff, and she's just had, I would say just, you know, it still takes luck, and whatever you do, it still takes luck, and she was kind of frustrated. My son goes, and she's like, oh, I think I'm just going to take some time off and just need to take a break. And my son goes, well, maybe you can go drag racing with Dad. Maybe you could try drag racing. <laughs> she's like, I'm not going to go down the track three times at 10 seconds and then sit around for hours and wait to do it again. Like, I think she'd actually be really good. She's uh, very attention to detail, but yeah, I thought that was funny. She's not. She's never. You know, really... it's funny that the the horse events are the same thing. It it kind of is. Like if you're not, <laughs> they sit for hours and go out there and ride for a minute and a half. And then... I have a really good friend. It's funny. He's a he's an old cowboy, and they do this ranch shorting stuff. And his wife, like they're going to Cheyenne right now, and uh, his wife's like. That's about the only one she'll go, you know, if it's three day and they go to the rodeo and do the concert thing. And she summed it up best. It's kind of like watching other people play cards, you know, like you just sit there kind of involved, but not really. And I could see, I could see how the racing could be like that a little bit too. If you're not just, if you don't quite understand all the details that go into it. So. Well, drag racing is definitely a mechanics, mechanics sport. I mean, you spend so much time trying to make the car, you know, run as perfect as you can. So it's, it's it's a it's a detail oriented sport that's for sure, and a lot of it's wrenched on the car. When you're kind of in a blast furnace, like I swear, like I, there's so many times I wanted to remove the t tops off my car and just make it a hard top, because like hey, let's take a car, go outside race. Like think of the guys in Topeka, you know, everybody headed to the double divisional right now. You know it's going to be hotter than heck. It's going to be humid, and here I've got a car with a glass roof. Like I swear you could put a bag of popcorn in there and pop the thing while you're waiting <laughs> in the staging lanes. I just make it more uncomfortable. Let's put a fire suit on, you know. It's. I, I ran a couple of years ago. Went to Tulsa with uh, the Cottons, and uh, man, it was hot. It was. Man, I think the water grains was over hundred, and then uh, it was like over hundred degrees too. And I remember I was in. I was actually lined up next to Mike in the first qualifying pass, and you know, you have the door open all the way up to the water box, pretty much trying to cool down. I just shut the door again. I went. What the hell, man? 
this is hot. You know, that's actually a pretty interesting um, thought about, you know, you said it's a, drag racing is a mechanic sport. You know, we've talked for a year and a half about how do you, how do you get the younger kids into it? And, you know, a couple weeks ago with McLaughlin talking about that. Is that something that you almost have to have as an understanding of the motor system and how it works to to kind of get the bug? I mean, yes, yeah, speed is one thing, but, you know, the younger kids don't have the same cars. They don't have the same, they're not raised with the same history. Do you need to kind of be a mechanic at some level? I think the bug, I think the bug comes from, you know, if you, if you it's hard, it, you know, so many kids street race, you know, and there's, they'll want to go see who has the fastest car in high school or whatever. But I think the bug comes from getting a number on your car. Like you go to the track and whatever car you might have, you might have a, you know, Fox body Mustang or something that you haven't done anything to. And you go to the track and you might run a, you know, 15 second quarter mile or something. Then you go back to your auto shop and you go, well, maybe I could put headers on it or something. So you put headers on it and go back to the track and you, you pick up a couple hundreds. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what starts the bug. Hmm. So it, it kind of, I think it, for me anyway, that's what, yeah. that's what's, and then, and you, then you turn into a mechanic going, well, shoot, if headers did so, if headers did this much, what else could I do? You know, maybe I would put a lighter front tire on it or if I, you know, change these things. And every time you go back to the track next weekend, it picks up another couple hundreds. Mm-hmm. Then that, that's what starts, I think that's what starts the bug. And, you know, stock and super stock is the ultimate one because you're, everybody has the same rules. You're, you know, you, you know that they can't be doing anything too much different than what you're doing. How, How's that guy faster than me if, you, if he's got, what could you possibly yeah. be doing? So you're car trying to figure out, you know, what you could do within your parameters to try and go faster. And I think that that's what's lost a lot on the, as far as I see it for the NHRA is like promotion goes for stock and super stock is that they don't really explain that. You know, they go, oh, you have original stuff on this, you know, you're running stock rules, but they don't explain the, the, the fun it takes to try and figure out what makes your car. Mm-hmm. I mean, you mess with valve lash or something, and you go, shoot, my car likes, you know, more valve lash than it picks up. You know, I think it picked up a hundredth, maybe. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I, we've, I don't know if we've had that concept really talked about, but I mean, there is something to that. Like, how do you, how do you introduce people to, I mean, you're pretty much hooked once you've done it. You go down the track mm-hmm. one time, like you said, and you get that number. And if you can, if you can come back a second time, make a change and, and maybe it's just mentoring these people, you know, or I guess say get a van with candy and be like, hey, kid, come with me to the track. You know, hey, bring your car here. But right. I mean, that's kind of what I we're doing, right? I always tell my work friends, I, get, I go, you need a race car. And anybody I work with, they go, I don't need a race car. And I go, that's spoken like someone that's never driven a race car. <laughs> <laughs> There's a meme on the internet, something about, have you ever seen somebody not smile on a race or not smile on a race car? And I'm like, I've seen people not smile, but I don't know if I've ever seen anybody not smile after doing a monster wheelie. No, yeah. Maybe. Well, it depends on the monster wheelie. If you come down a little hard, might not smile. But... <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it's all part of the learning process, right? Like, You know what gets me is when you do a, if you're, you know, you run a, you're doing your, your regular wheelie, you know, and then you have a heads up or something, or you're trying to go fast, and you hop your car up, and then you do a, you know, double the wheelie, and that, that's a hooker right there. I mean, you see, you know, as soon as you do that bigger wheelie, you go, man, all the stuff I did, now look at my wheelie, you know. I mean, you, it's a direct, you, you see it right away, and you you did something to make your car faster. I got which, some, I got buddies kind of, that do, like, the no prep, no time type stuff, and 
he's always like, wheelies are slow, wheelies are slow. And I'm like, you know, I've seen a lot more pictures of wheelies than I have winter circle. Like <laughs> the video of the big wheelie or the picture of the big wheelie, you see that everywhere across the internet, even if you don't like racing. The winter circle, you have to look for it. it the, that's the, the small tire guys or those, you know, snow prep guys. It's it, it's a different car, you know. You, they got so much horsepower. They're trying to hook that thing up. You know, if they if, if they had all the rules and didn't have the horsepower, they they'd like wheelies too. It's the only way to get your car to ET. Yeah, we got a couple comments. We got uh, Andrew Bro. All it is is high speed poker. <laughs> <laughs> right. There's something to be said for that. And then we got our buddy Everett Vassar, another another LS guy. He's I think he's got an LS in that. Just wanted a car with slicks and open headers that would do burnouts, and that's still pretty fun. That's how it starts. So I think it starts like, hey, I should put slicks on. Oh, hey, you know, if I take the exhaust off, like, you know how easy stock limiter would be if you could still do that? Like, oh, got a heads up run here. I better pop muffler off. You know, like. Yeah. I think, uh, doesn't, uh, I think Will Carroll still does that, doesn't he? I think he runs that car with mufflers. Really? I think so. I could be wrong, but I think the last time I saw him in a race, he had mufflers on him. Yeah, uh, it's kind of fun. I like, I, so back when I was first starting and running around the duster, you know, driving it around the street, we had just clamp on mufflers and they were super easy to take off. But it's a little different experience without the noise. Like, and hearing the other car next to you, like, it was, it was fun just to feel the difference between the two scenarios. I don't know. It's, I feel like now I've, that I've actually made some passes and started doing it more. It doesn't bother me, but, I, you know, man, when the guy comes on the two-step with that nasty, you know, super stalkers running crazy RPM, you know, they, they hit that next to you. It catches you off guard a little bit. Oh, yeah. Oh. It's, it's funny you, if you're watching the audience, if you, you know, say you're watching a a no-prep race or something, and hearing that car at the top of the track versus a super stalker at the top of the track is, like, a completely different sound. Oh, yeah. You know, those cars, you know, they're, they're running, they get you know, such a big cubic inch, that sort of thing. And you hear a 10,000 RPM Super Stalker, it's definitely a different sound. Yeah, and I think that's what, if you can get people to the track and have them watch that, like, there's no doubt, like, you won't find nicer cars. It's it's like Fozzie always said, you know, it's a it's a rolling car show. Like, every mm-hmm. walk through the lanes, and it's literally some of the nicest cars on the planet there, duking it out and. And like you said, if you if the announcers would do a better job of explaining the rules and explaining some of the limitations that we're dealing with, like, you know, people see a car going 11 seconds, they're like, well, that's slow, that's not fast. Well, they don't realize what, you know, if you could cheat like all the other racers, I shouldn't really say cheat, but if it wasn't restricted by the rules, I mean, that car would really be fast. There's also a spe- there's also the gamesmanship, I mean, like Sonoma, right? There's a bunch of, I'm an F-Stock Automatic in Sonoma, and there's a bunch of F-Cars in Sonoma. And one in particular, uh, Joe Sorensen's there with that Camaro. And you're qualifying, you're going, how do I qualify to make sure that I don't get lined up with Sorensen says and blow my doors off first round, you know? So, and, you, and you're trying to figure out what they're going to do, where you should qualify. I mean, they, that's that part of the sport's forgotten, you know? Because you know, say, say there's, you know, a handful of cars there, you know who you, you know who guys you think you might be able to get and the guys you for sure can't be. So and and you want to qualify where you can you feel like you can run the race. So it's there's so much strategy involved that it gets forgotten about too, especially yeah. in stock. Yeah, everybody, uh, everybody this weekend's gonna be going. Oh boy, how do I avoid Justin? He bit 
Uh, you beat two yeah. badass fast cars last weekend. We need to avoid him if we can. Of course, uh, Soros is going to be at this race too. So, could be like, <laughs> That's the car. I want that guy. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be fun to be in that position. Like, I need to, you know, one of the soft combos, like, hey, just pick who you want to take out. Like, that would be kind of cool. But, but I still think the pressure's on you then. You know, if you're the fast guy, like, you know, everything, you kind of have it made, but everybody's gunning for you. As you get in the ragged edge, something can happen too. Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, uh, I know like like uh, Mike Cotton, for instance, has been the fast guy forever, and he's always going to get everybody's best. You know, if he gets a heads up, someone they're going to give it full wick to try and get Mike because it's you know, it's a badge of honor to beat Mike heads up because he's been so fast for so long. And I think that there's something to that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. What do like what was what are, what are some things you'd like to see NHRA change? Like what do you think they could do to make it more accommodating for stock super stock racers? Gosh, accommodating? Uh, I don't know. For I me, mean, I think accommodating wise, it seems I don't think there's anything they can really do. I mean, it seems like it's pretty. It's a good event, you know. But I'm, I, I think maybe accommodating is the wrong word. Like just how do they? How can they? What could they do to make it easier for you guys in the West Coast? Maybe that's how I should have phrased it. Like. Are you guys, is it easy to get into a race there? Do you need a bunch of grade points? Uh, it, you know, the, before COVID, it, it was, it was getting to be not that easy. You know, you, you shoot, you had to be a grade point of a seven, you know, to get into almost any of the national events, but obviously the COVID and the gas prices has fixed that last couple of years or last year, at least. Uh, I think that the. And I don't know. I don't have any. I don't have the answers. You know. I wish I wish I did, but I think that there's got to be a better way of getting. You know, I feel like they promote Andrea promotes the the monster truck fans. You know, the, the I feel like the the fuel cars. I mean, the fuel cars are obviously incredibly complicated, but the fan that goes to the fuel car, there's a lot of monster truck type fans that just they're going there for the show. You know, for the the chance they might blow up or crash or tire smoke and noise, you know? And I was watching this weekend and you were sitting in the stage lanes waiting for the final rounds and, you know, fuel runs and then pro stock comes up and they leave, you'll get beer during pro stock. And why are they not excited about pro stock? It's, it's you know, it's just the, the crown jewel, I think of the sportsman, you know, of the class racing class. And it's, it's almost like it's, no, it's not explained, but I don't know how to explain it. You know, it, it helps that, you know, it helps for fuel that you have personalities like John Forrest that everybody loves. You know, John, John Forrest is such a dynamic personality that draws everybody to that, you know, the funny car, you know, it's made it, I mean, he's such a valuable guy for the sport because of that. Maybe it's uh, just figuring out a way to get people interested in it. You know, there's. Do you think it's just like, where they're putting their marketing efforts? Yeah, I think a lot of it's that. And I think that. It's a. Uh, it's being aware of the details. You know that no one ever. You watch Pro Stock, and I don't even think that Antre explains Pro Stock. They they don't know the fans don't know what the rules are for Pro Stock, and it's crazy rules for Pro Stock. They have to. I mean, it's amazing those cars are running in the sixes with the rules they have to follow. If you think about it, and I think that's forgotten too. Everybody just thinks, oh, it's, a, it's the quieter cars that are. You know, they'll go as fast and they'll blow up as often as the fuel cars but so somehow somehow that needs to be 
addressed. You know, the the, the class racing, the grassroots classes need to be, I mean, like Comp, Comp Eliminator is such a cool class too. And, and nobody understands, I don't even think NHRA understands Comp Eliminator. I mean, they, obviously they do, but like, you know I mean? It's a, it's a class that's so cool that's not even attempted to be explained. There's a, <laughs> there's a lot of like intricacies in Comp Eliminator that like, like you said, you have no idea unless you, you actually have to like talk to, I mean, Stock Super Stocks, its own little community of weird people, right? Like everybody just geeks out on this stuff. Well, you go to comp, and that's like where all like the two percent of the stock super stock guys go to really geek out. I mean, it's I mean, personal indexes and the game and ships they're playing. I mean, that's I'm uh we run around with Doug Ingalls quite a bit, and he's it's it's amazing watching him. He'll jump in a stock or a super stock car, go out, rip that, and then he's in a comp car. I mean, and equally deadly in either one. It's just like I mean, they got to be two totally different animals, but you know, the guys that can really get in there and dive in that and make those comp cars good and, and be successful. I mean, they're you know, guys running for points and managing your index all year. Like it's, it's just crazy. And it's also, you, you think the guy, you know, it's rare that a guy has a, you see like, like, like Bob Lambeck, for instance, runs, you know, Doug Lambeck runs a cop car and the stalker. And there's a few guys that do that. And, you never see a guy at the conqueror has a slow, slow stalker. So, you know, it's, it's, it's the same. And it, you think you'd notice that, you know, that there's, there's so much, you know, of this transitioning ideas and stuff that. We should put Jody Lang on a complimentary car. <laughs> <laughs> We're running 12s yeah. or 8s. <laughs> Jody Lang, man, what, what a good racer. But no, it's uh, I do think maybe you know does NHRA market more to the funny cars just because of the amount of money they have to pay them to get them there? I mean, is that how they're investing their oh, money? I think it's I think it's a simpler marketing. I mean, it, it, there's there's not it's not as complicated to market because there's there's so much involved in it. I mean, the the cars are fast, they're loud, they do crash a lot, you know, they blow up a lot. There's flames shooting out of exhaust. I mean, it's it's they don't you know they don't really market what makes it exciting. I mean, they don't. They, they should be if they showed what those motors look like when they take them apart every run that, that to me is the coolest part about about the the fuel stuff like i'd literally they'd go up there i mean yeah it's fun to watch them i'd never seen them before but i just seen them go in the pits and they're tearing stuff apart and all i can think of is like do they not have feeling in their hands anymore like what kind of gloves do they have on that they can just pull this motor apart that hot yeah. and like i mean the abuse in those parts is insane like the the rods they only run the rods and eventually the, the caps will fill in the rods. They've, they've flared the rod out so much that they, the bolts won't go in the rods anymore. It abuses, I mean, it's it so abusive. And, it, and, you know, and you'll watch NHRA, will show the videos on pulling them apart, but if people saw this, but I mean, the meltdowns, I mean, they're basically a, a ticking time bomb going down the track. I mean, they're, every spark plug's melted down, the pistons are all scored, and, and nitro's brutal on those motors. Yeah, one of the local South Dakota guys, his son works on the Scrappers crew, and it's funny because they had a picture of inside the trailer and the amount of pistons and rot, like the whole assembly they had to go to Brainerd for the national event. Like, we we say we can't find parts. Like, I don't know where these people are finding parts because literally they could do probably six, seven motors right there if they had to, and it's just, I'm I'm waiting for valve covers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that, you know, it, it's, I think the tough thing too, that I don't know if there's a, you know, a solution for it. 
died, but was certainly one I don't know of. But uh, you know, in the sixties and seventies, there was so much factory backing in the the there's the horsepower wars and stuff, and they're kind of getting back into that now with the the, the new Mustangs, Challengers, and Camaros. But it's not the same. It's not the you know win on win on Sunday, sell on Monday type of mentality. Even I mean. Even for NASCAR, but obviously NASCAR has figured out a way to make you know power through that. But uh, so being in California, what do you think about like the EV stuff? Do you think you'll see an EV class factory stock? I don't know. I mean, the shoot, man, those Teslas are fast. I, I raced the. I was a, a testing tune at a, our local track. I think it was last year, and there's one of those Tesla plaids. I was, I was next to him. I think he, he cut, you know, he, he was new. He just bought the car. So he, I think he got like a 500 light or something. And uh, I take off and I go, and I was kind of thinking, oh, stupid Tesla, you know. And I'm, I'm kind of tracking it. He must have passed me at like 150 miles an hour off the track after I go, holy crap, man. I think it went like a 1020 at like 145 miles an hour. It's yeah, crazy. Pretty insane what they can do. I just, and I get it, like the purists will be mad. And- We'll get all kinds of comments about it. And that's all right. Like, I, I can appreciate that. But, you know, that's where they're going. I think, like, the Hellcats are done. You know, like, it'll be interesting to see where the factory goes and if it actually generates any any following from younger generations. There's different people. I mean, because that's what makes Stock Super Stock so fun for me is it's just the diverse amount of people. Like, we all, how can you take people from all over, give them basically a similar interest but I mean, there's a lot of different personalities that come in, but they're all kind of fighting for one thing. Yeah, I think now too it's hard to find parts. I mean, the, the in, in, even for the factory stalkers, you're. Uh, I've been kicking around the idea. I have a bunch of parts saved up for a drag pack combo for my car, but you, they don't make those heads anymore. You can't find heads, and the guys that have them are hoarding them because they they're running that same combo. And I've been talking to Chuck Rayburn about the new Hemi combos. He's been thinking about putting a new Hemi combo in his 64, but you can't find blocks. You can't, it's just, it's a, they make them currently, but there's nothing, they're not really that good. You know, the, there's not a race block for them. You can't, you know, the Chrysler's not making the race block. So it's, it's, it's not any easier than running in, you know, the old iron. Yeah. And the LS is a big deal though. And the, Chevy, Chevy's got the LS thing is a pretty good, you know, that's different. Yeah. I think if I was going to be a car, I'd run a car like yours. I don't know. It's the nice thing I mean, is like it's not a new car, really. It's a you know twenty year old car, but the nice thing is it's sorted out. Like we should, we'll trade. I'd trade you my car for your duster any day of the week because your car actually looks like a car, not a woman's shoe. But <laughs> you know, I don't know. I'm, that's that's still my gripe. Like, how does the Firebird look so awesome, and then you have the Camaro? It's like. I joke all the time. It's like the, you know, they got the clay out on Thursday and they made like a swipe, you know, they like took the top of the clay, gave it like that wedge look. And then like, Hey, we're going downtown for drinks. Okay. And they like just left it. And then Friday they made a couple more carbs and it was like quitting time. It's like, Oh, here we go. We got a Camaro. It's, you know, the guy that developed the woman's wedge shoe must've designed the Camaro. Cause it's just, when I was in, so I graduated high school in 2001 and, uh, the fastest guy, yeah, the fastest car in high school was a 94 Camaro. So I have like a soft spot in my heart for this thing. I just like, like 
They're pretty cool. If you take the Firebird with like WS6, you know, with the big Ram air hood and the big spoiler, like it went to took that that much more to make that car look good. They're just ominous looking, you know. Yeah, it's definitely a cool car for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, that's pretty cool. Like I said, it's it's neat to see all the different cars and different stuff like that. And I don't know if there's a spot for the EV thing or not. And you know what there is, and it lets people in. That's that's what it's all about. Yeah, it really depends on the owners. I mean, if there's an owner that really wants to race, you know, that, I don't know what the if there's a a group of owners that want to really want to race those things that bad, you know. Just yeah, other than a Friday night testing tune, just see how fast they'll go before they, you know. Just gotta hit up. Forth. Just gotta hit up Elon. Yeah. You think he'd come on the show? <laughs> he's, he's, he's just weird enough he might fit in pretty good he's definitely weird enough well awesome i uh i appreciate you coming on today and kind of talking about some of this stuff is there anybody like that helps you out in your program you want to thank or oh gosh there's tons of people uh obviously my dad uh jeff jerome and my my wife Lindsay supports everything and uh uh, you know, there's lots of people, but I'll, I'll try and run them down. I mean, Greg Luniak does a lot of work, machine work for us, and constant tech advice. Same with Chuck Rayburn. Uh, uh, Hal Sorensen helps me out a lot, Hal and Joe. Uh, Mike Blackstone and uh, Rick Santos helps a lot. Um, I mean, Mike Cotton and John Durlay, there's, there's, I mean, the list goes on. I hope not for anybody. Pete Lanciers. Uh, there's just, <clears throat> a lot of help you know there's a lot we have a pretty good little pit, pit that you know helps out with that sort of thing but i mean greg luniak i mean yeah greg's helped so much you know and mike blackstone's helped a lot it's, it's, it's an endless list it goes on forever i'm sure i'm forgetting people but uh yeah i mean it's it's, it's a long list of help people have been helping Oh gosh! I mean, I I just probably uh, Kenny Edwards helped me a ton. If you guys know Kenny, but <clears throat> I mean, Kenny is the helped me so much with carburetors when I first first started. I, I was pitted next to Kenny, and he was kind of showing me a few things on carburetors. And uh, he, I remember he I had a, I had a carburetor that worked pretty good, and Kenny goes, "You ought to try this this carburetor." And uh, so I tried it, and it picked me up a tenth. At a testing test I go and I go, Kenny, I can't, I can't give it back to you. Yeah, here's your old <laughs> carburetor. Make this one. Right. <laughs> so after that, I mean, after that, and I, it, it got me hooked on carburetor stuff. Because of him, I started like, well, shoot, if this carburetor is a tenth faster, there's got to be one that's two tenths faster. So I was, you know, I got, I started buying all kinds of carburetors and trying different stuff. And so, is, is there a special carburetor, or can the right guy make them all work? You know, the, it's the thermoquad is a good carburetor, and it, we have to run as a thermoquad. And they're hard. You just got to keep trying them because there's some that are good, some that are really good, and a lot that are terrible. So, I mean, you, you almost got to buy every one you see that looks like it's okay and try it. Then if it doesn't work, you throw it in the trash and try another one. Is it just the I, consistency of the molding and just when they made them, or...? I don't know. I mean, I think it has, it's gotta be the castings. It has to be, you know, on the outside, you can't really tell, but 
there's got to be casting flaws or whatnot inside that you can't, you know. There are certain part numbers that are better than others, but shoot, I probably have 20 of them sitting in my garage that don't work. So, but, but there, but, you but just, yeah, but you just really hurt the value of the used thermal quad market on class racer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not guaranteed. That's for sure. But it's a, uh, it's fun to, it's fun to try them. And, and it's pretty, I think the bang for your buck wise, that's where performance is. I mean, there's only, obviously there's performance everywhere, but like I said, Kenny, but because of Kenny Edder, that's what got me hooked on that. I'm trying that stuff and I'm trying to think of anybody else that I've forgotten, but I mean, I know, I mean, Mike Blackson helped my dad so much when he first built that car. And, uh, yeah, I mean, and Chuck Rayburn came to Seattle with me, so helped out, helped me out this weekend. So, I mean, I'm, I'm so lucky that my former world champ wants to come help me. So, yeah, you don't tell them no. Yeah. <laughs> and Chuck's, I mean, geez, Chuck is, he knows so much. You know, he's He's got to be a... I mean, oh shoot! I remember uh, Don Little too. Don Don Little's helped so much. He's done you know a bunch of set of heads for us. So uh, I don't know if you guys know Don, but yeah, it's, it's a long list. Well, awesome. Well, good luck this weekend. Let us let us know how it goes out there. Is there? All right, we'll do. Hopefully, they get a big show. They haven't had. You guys need to get more racing going up there. <laughs> yeah, I think well, these two races don't have any don't have a points race next to them. I mean, the Seattle points race we finished uh, in Woodburn, uh, you know, three weeks ago. So there's a, a disconnect, you know. And Snow does Snow used to have a double before it, and it didn't have it this year. So there's not the incentive to go, you know. Oh, well, but I I hear they're supposed to get it back next year, so it should be better next year. Awesome. Good luck. Keep on keep on the hot streak, and thank you for coming on. All right, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. No problem. Thanks, Justin. ClassRacingToday.com. Go out there and win. Be like Justin. <laughs> if only Brian had a car. <clears throat> thanks a lot for hanging out with us. Any last thoughts, Brian? No, it's uh, get out there. Good luck, everybody in Topeka and everybody out in the West. Excellent. ClassRacingToday.com. If you're on YouTube, subscribe if you would. Uh, and tell more people about the show so we can get it out there more. Thanks a lot for listening. We'll see you next time. Have a wonderful day. See you later. <laughs>